All right, tonight I want to um, preach, um, last week was a pretty heavy duty message, so tonight I want to preach, that's probably pretty heavy duty too, but that's okay. I want to preach on one of the series that I'm doing, Just Like, okay, I've done a few of the Just Likes, and tonight I want to do Just Like Rahab. I don't know if you, some of you have even heard about Rahab, but um, she's got a reputation, she had a reputation back then, okay? So uh, the story is this. Um, the people of God had come with Moses out of the uh, wilderness. They were wandering for 40 years and they came to the promised land. Uh, the Lord took Moses home and said, Joshua, you're going to take the people over into Canaan, the promised land. I want you to take over as leader. And so... He said, you're going to go in there, but you're going to have to, I've given you the land, but you're going to have to take it step by step, city by city, group by group, okay? And so uh, before, I think a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how Joshua and Caleb were sent by Moses as spies into the promised land. Remember they went in and there was 12 of them, was there 10 of them? There was 10 of them, and they came back and the only ones who... Uh, had a good report was Joshua and Caleb, the two, okay? And instead of the children of Israel just crossing over because, you know, they could have taken the land, um, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness because the other 10 spies said, no, no, they're giants, we're like grasshoppers, we can't do it. Joshua and Caleb said, can, can, la, can, we can do it, but they wandered and wandered. So finally, they are about to go over into the promised land and Joshua is their leader. And so, because he knew it happened before, he thought, you know what, I'm gonna send spies to check it out. I'm gonna send spies to check it out. But you know what, I'm not sending 10, I'm sending two. Because two of us brought back a good report. Hopefully the two that go in this time bring back a good report. And so that's what happened. So, Joshua, the son of Nun, not a Nun, but Nun, it's probably pronounced Nun. The son of Nun sent out two men from Acacia Grove. That sounds like a suburb in the north. <laughs> All the suburbs in Perth seem to be something grove now. Anyway, they lived in Acacia Grove. Sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, and he said this to them Go, view the land, especially Jericho. So Jericho is like the stronghold city, the first city that God has told them, I want you to take this, okay? So they went and they came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and they lodged there. Why would you go to such a place? These are godly men being sent out by Joshua. Why would you go to a brothel? Why would you go to a place where there's a prostitute, a known harlot? A scarlet woman, a fallen woman, you know? Why would you go there? Well, probably because God told them to go there. God would have told Joshua, go and find this person. She's named, okay? She's named. And in the, if you go to the New Testament, many times God told his people to go to the house belonging to a certain person. He would name them. So this lady, I mean, she was no lady at the time, but she was named Rahab. And they went and they stayed there. Now, why did they stay there? 
probably because it was a place where people were trying to hide. It was probably a place where people knew things because people would gossip and talk about what was happening out there. Okay? And so they, could, they would come usually under the cover of darkness. It was a kind of an undercover thing. You know, people don't want you to don't want to see you going in and out of these places that have a bad reputation. Okay? So bottom line is she is a prostitute and she's living in a house, okay? There was two kind of prostitutes at the time, apparently. The temple prostitutes, for all the this place was full of idolatry and immorality. And so the temple prostitutes were the ones who were in the temple of their god, the ungodly, the false gods. And they were, these temple prostitutes were seen as, you know, pretty cool chicks. Yeah. And then you had the commoners, like the common harlots or the common prostitutes like Rahab and that's the category she was in. So the others who worked in the temple were kind of high, but she was kind of low caste, looked down on, okay? You don't get any background about her, why she was in this situation. Was she a widow? Uh, was she poor? You know, why was she in this line of work? Why was she doing that? It doesn't actually tell her, tell us that God chose this place for these two men to go and stay at, okay? Because God knows everything, right? So, you know, she might have been thinking, nothing in my life's ever going to change. This is what the way things are for me. I've got a bad reputation. People keep their distance. My family's kind of ostracized me. You know, this is just my lot in life. And so this is, the, this is where she finds herself. So these guys are probably safer here. They've gone to spy out the land. So they're kind of in a hiding place. They're not going to go to the local inn, check in there, okay? Because people will see and know. But the thing is this. It was told the king of Jericho, saying, behold, Men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. Wow. That night, they arrived and then suddenly, the king's already been told. How did, how, maybe someone was there and went and told the king? What, you know, sometimes things just happen so quickly you don't know what's going on. You think you're in the place where God wants you to be and everything's, you know, you're kind of in a hidden place and then suddenly bam you're exposed like what is going on so the king finds out that very night what is going on and so the king of Jericho sent to Rahab and did he send straight to her maybe maybe not it says sent to Rahab and he said this bring out the men who've come to you so someone some guy must have been there and saw them and thought hey they're not locals Maybe the clothes they had on, who knows? They might have looked different, but somebody busted them, told the king. So the king immediately sends to Rahab, and he says, Bring out the men who've come to you, who've entered your house, for they've come to search out all the country. He knew why they were there. He knew immediately. And he sends out a search party and says, Bring them out. Bring them out. He's accusing already. He says, I know they're here. I know they're here. Bring them out. OK? 
okay? Because they are here to threaten us. Okay. So these people come to her house and they're basically challenging her and then this is what she does. She said, where the men went, I don't know. So she's lying. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. It's like, yeah, they were here, but they've gone. Quick, quick, they only just left. You might catch them, okay? But she had brought them up, the two spies. She brought them up to the roof, and she'd hidden them with stalks of flax, which she laid in order on the roof. Okay, so she's told a bald-faced lie, right? Probably wasn't hard for her to do in that line of business. Okay, but this is what happened. Before they lay down, so she took them up on the roof, she's hidden them out, right? She knows who they are, she knows why they're there. But before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and she said to the men, I know, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Wow. She didn't say, I know why you're here, you guys. She said, I know the Lord has given you this land. That the terror of you has fallen on us. In other words, we're all afraid of you. And that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. These are actually words of faith. This is a Gentile woman, a Canaanite. And she's saying, I know, God's given you the land. And we're all really scared because of you. He didn't just say, she didn't just say I'm scared because of God, because of you, okay? Why were they scared or why was she scared? Why did she have faith? She said, we've heard. We've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. She said, you know, 40 years ago this happened. 40 years ago, we know what God did. And then on the other side here, we know what you did. So they were scared of God of Israel and they were scared of the people of Israel, okay? And she had the faith to say it. Okay, picture for the kids. <laughs> so she's basically saying, I have faith. She says this, and as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, now listen to this, the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. She's not saying yet, he's my God, but she's saying, I believe. I believe. The Lord your God, he's God above and on the earth beneath. Wow. Wow. She's really put herself in a position, this lady. She had no fear of man. <laughs> But she had a fear of God. The fear of man will prove to be a snare. 
and whoever but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. As I was preparing it, that scripture came to me, bam. You know, she had no fear of man. She didn't fear the king. She didn't fear his messengers. She didn't fear, she wasn't gripped with fear like everybody else was. She was, she was different. The fear of man is a snare or a trap. The rest of the people were snared and trapped in their fear, but she wasn't. She had a level of faith and trust in God, and she saw this as an opportunity. Whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Did she know this scripture? No, she didn't. But she chose to, she's basically saying, I'm going to trust in your God. I'm going to trust in your God because everybody here is freaking out. And this is what she said. She saw an opportunity. She was a businesswoman, remember. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord. In other words, let's make a deal here. You swear to me by the Lord. Since I have shown you kindness, look, I've done something good for you guys. I've saved you. I've covered you. I've lied for you. I've shown you kindness that you also will show kindness for my father's house. She didn't say me first. For my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. She just didn't say, hey, please take me with you. She didn't do that. She didn't put herself first. She put all those that she cared about first. She said, I've been kind and done the right thing by you. Will you guys do the right thing by my family, by those that I care about, okay? And deliver us or deliver our lives from death. She knew what was coming. And she thought, you know what? I don't want to be stuck here. I don't want to be trapped here. If there's a way out, I'm going to take it. If there's a way out, I'm taking it. And she saw this as a way out. And so the men answered her and they said, our lives for yours. Sounds fair? Okay? You saved our lives, we'll take care of you. Our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours. In other words, we can probably trust you to say something, but what about everybody else? You're going to be telling everybody. You know, they probably never came to her house because it was a house of ill repute. But now she's saying, I want my whole household to be saved. And they said, if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land, then we will deal kindly and truly with you. Okay? So they've made a verbal agreement. She's done the right thing by them, and they said, fair enough we will do the right thing by you. So she lets them down. She lets them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall. It's amazing how God strategically positioned them in her house, which was right on the wall, an escape route out the window, okay, to keep them safe. She let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall, right on the outside, which was kind of, kind of prophetic where that she would be at arm's length out on the wall. And she said to them, and she also gave them some good information. 
okay? She was an intelligent woman. She was an intelligent woman. She was brave and courageous, intelligent. She was going against everything and everyone to get her family out. She said to them, get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. In other words, hurry up and get out of here. Hide there for three days. In other words, don't just go and keep going. Hide. Hide for three days until the pursuers have come back, have returned. Afterwards, you may go your way. So she's giving them a strategic plan as well to keep them safe, not just keep them safe in the city, but to keep them safe when they get to the mountains so they can get back safely. So she has helped them in every way possible that she could. And she's letting them down the wall right there. Okay, so these were the three conditions that they gave her. Bind this line of scarlet cord. They said, I want you to put this, this rope that you let us down with, I want you to leave that in the window. Okay? Leave it in the window that you let us down out of. So put this scarlet rope or this scarlet cord down there. Bring all your family to your house. The whole family's got to be in your house and close the doors, okay? Because anyone outside, they're done for. And if you tell anyone, the deal's off. If, it's, if you tell anyone, we are not coming back for you. If you don't keep your word, we won't keep our word, okay? So these were the three conditions that they set for her. And this is her response. She said, according to your words, so be it. She basically said, okay, I agree. Those words are the exact words pretty much that Mary said when the Archangel Gabriel came and said, you're gonna be a son. He's gonna be the son of God. He's gonna be the savior of the world. And she said, according to your words, let it be. Same words, same response. Incredible faith, not knowing how it's going to happen, not knowing it will happen, but saying, okay, I agree, I agree. Okay, so we know what happens. They leave, they get safely back to Joshua, and I don't know how long it took. I looked and looked and looked, I don't know how long it took for them to come against Jericho. And then you've got that classic story in the next couple of chapters about the children of Israel marching for six days around the walls of the city. And then on the seventh day, they were told to the priests to blow the trumpets. And as they blew the trumpets, the city walls just came down. And remember where she lives. She lives on the city wall, okay? So as they are marching around and then the trumpet's about to be blown, this is what Joshua does. He says it to them, to the, all the people, he says in chapter 6, verse 17. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. So just before this happens, this declaration is made in front of all the people on behalf of her and she's named, not just named, but 
named by what she does, what she's known for, okay? But she's going to be saved. She saved them, and now they're about to save her. And so that's exactly what happened. She got saved. So when we come out of the Old Testament, she's still known as Rahab the harlot. She made it out. She and her family made it out. But then when you come to Matthew chapter 1, is she still known as the same one? No, she's not. This is in the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then you get down to, to chapter, uh, verse 5 and it says, Salmon, not Salmon, but Salmon, begot Boaz by Rahab. So Rahab ended up marrying Salmon, who was from the tribe of Judah. From the tribe of Judah, she married this Israelite man and they had a son called Boaz. And then Boaz had a son named Obed by Ruth. And Obed had a son, Jesse. And Jesse had a son who was King David. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. She came, she was a fallen woman and God just raised her up. Raised her up. You know, in the Old Testament, she was totally always known as Rahab the harlot. But here, she's Rahab the mother. She's Rahab in the royal family. She's Rahab in the line of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow! See how God can bring you out, out of that dark, dark place she was in? And lifted her up, raised her up. She's mentioned three times in the New Testament. Okay? In uh, James chapter 2, it says, Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? They're talking here, James is talking about faith and works. He said, you got faith? Show it by your works. Show it by your actions. And then he basically said, what about Rahab? She had great faith and she had action too. She received the messengers, she welcomed them, she hid them, she covered them, and then she sent them out safely. She was a mighty woman of God, a mighty woman of God. And then in um, Hebrews chapter 11, it says this, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days, which was what I was just still talking about. And also by faith, so that was the faith of the people of Israel who walked around. It was their faith in God, and he brought the walls down. And then it says, by faith, the harlot Rahab, here it is again, did not perish with those who did not believe, but she had received the spies with peace. She welcomed them, and it saved her life. Her faith and her actions saved her life. Her bravery. She went against her whole culture. You know, sometimes we have to go against our whole culture. Make the right choice. Follow God and see him bring you out of those dark, dark places. This is the last verse I wanted to put in here. She was known as a scarlet woman. 
okay? She put down the scarlet thread, scarlet meaning red. But it's through the scarlet, the blood of Jesus, that she was saved, that we are all saved, okay? That cleansing that comes. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And that scarlet thread goes all the way through the word of God. From Adam and Eve when the, the animal was sacrificed to cover them, all the way through the scarlet thread here and the covering of her sins, the washing, the blood of Jesus. You know, it's a common thread all the way through and it shows the goodness and the mercy of God. So it doesn't matter where you came from, it's where you're going that matters. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you were known for then. What are you known for now? And she received a new name. She's Rahab the mother. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. She was willing, she was obedient, and things worked out for her. That's what it means. You'll eat of the good of the land. Things will go well for you. Things will go well for you. She was willing to step out of her comfort zone, her uncomfortable comfort zone, and trust God, see the opportunity, take it, risked everything, and was rewarded, greatly rewarded. Father, we just thank you for people like Rahab. We thank you for the Mary Magdalene's. We thank you for the Ruth's and the Naomi's and all those ones, Lord, with incredible stories of faith and how they turned to follow you. Lord, Mary Magdalene and Rahab as scarlet women, but their stories give us hope. They give hope to the hopeless. They show us your goodness. They show us, Lord, that you are no respecter of persons. There's no partiality with you. That anyone who will put their trust in you, anyone who will turn their hearts to you, that you will save them and you will use them. Lord, you saved Rahab and you used her mightily. She went from being a fallen woman to a chosen woman. She went from being rejected, from being a reject, to being part of the royal family. Lord, we just thank you for your plans. You do know the plans that you have for us, and they are good. Lord, I just pray for each and every one, especially for those who think that maybe this is my lot in life. Maybe nothing can change. I'm on this pathway, I'm stuck in this place. You may not feel good about yourself, but God, God is very near. God gives every opportunity to reach up to him and to allow him to pull you up, set your feet on the, on the rock, Put a new song in your mouth and many see it and many are saved. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for these wonderful stories. 
Let us fear you and not fear people. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord, tonight. We bless you, Lord, tonight. Thank you for the opportunities that you have brought to us and that you will bring to us. Help us to reach out, take hold, and be partakers of the reward that you have. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If anyone wants prayer, I want to pray with you. Otherwise, bye everyone online. Say hi to somebody and have an awesome week.